Now, that, that speaks to me because many of you know I had an uncle who lived next door to me my whole life, and he was a paralytic because he was, in, he was in a car accident, and he was paralyzed his whole life from the time he was 21 until he died. And so to see, and now you know, there's a difference in someone who can sort of walk, but they're in a wheelchair just because they're not mobile. And there's a difference in being utterly and totally paralyzed. I mean, I've watched my uncle weld and someone have to spot for him because his pants have caught on fire and it burns his legs and he has no knowledge of it because he has no feeling in his legs. So this woman, Delia Knox, she's at a service and they just have the, you know, the live stream going on in the service. And so the, the video quality is not fantastic because they're not there to video a miracle. They're there and a miracle starts happening and they're like, whoa, let's get in here and video this. And so this has been qualified. This is because you know, there are things you see online and you're like, well, it could be doctored. It's not real. It's, it could be or whatever. This is absolutely has been, she's been interviewed and she, well, now she's perfectly walking. She's a preacher and she is totally healed. So I just, if you have that, if you have your, and I know we were going to watch it here, but you know, we can't get it, but I still, we're going to talk about the in him dimension. And I just felt strong of the Lord that we should watch this because so many people can't believe for things that they can't rationally see. You know what I'm talking about? If you don't have a context for it, many people are believing for miracles and believe in miracles as a a reality of, yeah, I believe in miracles. I think everyone in this room would say, yeah, I believe in miracles, but a context that you have. Do you have a context box for, I have seen a miracle, and therefore when I pray for you, I expect a miracle. That is the place where so often in the church, our believing and our receiving don't come together because we don't have the context for it. And so I believe if you can find things like this, that what you're doing is you're creating a file, if you will, of context. So that when you come into, when you come into association with the place or yourself or another who needs a miracle, you're able to, you'll, you just do it. This is how your brain works. You pull evidence from a file, don't you? That memory. And you go... I can apply faith because of what I'm seeing because you have just started to collapse that space in your mind that says, I can't do this. This can't happen. I've never seen this. And now just imagine if you create an atmosphere. See, this is what I call the in him dimension. The atmosphere where, where there's enough people who have that context that whenever... Someone comes in in a wheelchair who's been in a wheelchair for 22 years. We actually have working files and context by which that we can pull from that and that the, the circumstance begins to be overridden by a new reality. How many of y'all believe that's possible? That is, okay, so the ones who have waited enough time, if you have, we were going to watch this, we're still going to do it, we're going to figure it out. So if you have an iPhone or have whatever, you can pull up YouTube. You have a YouTube app. If you don't have a YouTube app, you can just, you can search it on Google. Okay, you're going to search D-E-I-L-A, D-E-I-L-A, Delia, 
Oh, I can't see. Okay, good, because I can't see. Yeah, yeah. Oh, glasses. Thank you. That's a good idea. Wow. I'm believing for healing. D-E-L-I-A-K-N-O-X, healing. K-N-O-X, healing. H-E, or if you're Southern like me, you say healing. It's not H-I-L-L-I-N-G. If you look for that, it's not going to find it. Healing. Because until you are convinced, you simply are not convincing. I mean, it's just the truth. It's just the truth. And that's what we want to get is to the, that's what, that is what faith, the definition of faith is, is inwrought, inworked persuasion. You know, how many of you have ever been persuaded of a thing and you like have levels in your persuasion account? You know what I mean? You're like slightly persuaded. You know what I mean? I mean, even with you, how many of you are married and, you know, um, when you first started dating that person, like Mike, I met him on a blind date when I was 15. He was my very first date. Yeah. I never dated anybody else. He wouldn't let me. Yeah. He said, I'm the best there is. Don't look any further. So I was, pers- I was I, how many of you believe I was persuaded on that first date I was going to marry him? I was not. It was, I wasn't even in the room of persuasion. Was it a possibility? Sure, it's always a possibility. Then I went out again. How many believed that my persuasion needle had moved slightly? It could have, yeah, (laughs) that's true, y'all know. And then how many, okay, we dated then for six months. How many believe that my persuasion was beginning to increase? Yeah, and then after I dated a year, how many of you believe that I was probably fully persuaded I was going to marry him? They're already. And so then, look, I got so persuaded that that was going to be a reality. There was no other reality, and I've been married to him for 30-something years, I'm sure. 33 years? It'll be three this year. 33 years, and we dated for three years before that. See, that's how persuasion works. Some of us, we believe God can do miracles. Well, we're just way over here on our persuasion. So, you know, okay, so I've given y'all time. How many of y'all have pulled up and you found a clip that's about 13 minutes long? Okay, now this is so unorthodox, guys. I'm sorry we're going to do it like this. Well, we'd love to watch it. Pull it up. Skip your ads. Skip your ads. Okay, are y'all all there? Are y'all pulled it up? You can get near someone. I'm sorry, I'm going to. Oh, this is going to You're going to turn your sound down, guys. It's not going to work, is it? What? Okay, then y'all can watch it. Gosh, okay. See, some of y'all, I want. I don't want to stop watching Now he doesn't want to stop watching it. Look at him. He's like, I'm watching. Turn your sound off. He's like, I'm not listening to you. Okay, see. See, okay, now she's in here. I'm going to give you, she is, now you have it pulled up. She, what happened here is she was praying for a person to be healed. And she came down to the evangelist and she said, I feel my hands on my legs. She couldn't walk yet. 
And so they began praying. I mean, they're just praying. They are. So here she's moving into the space of healing. This was not like, you know, some of us think it's just like, boom, 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 boom. And she's just, you know. Now, she, her leg, do you all understand the condition of her legs after 22 years? They are atrophied. Okay, she is here, and they begin praying for her, and they're just praying and praying. Now, notice, too, she's a participant in this. No one is forcing this on her. No one is imposing healing upon her against her will, right? And see, sometimes that happens. If, if a person is saying, you know, I don't want to be a part of this, how many of you believe that it's wise to jerk someone up out of a wheelchair when they don't want to be a part of it? Yeah, this is not what's happening. They're praying, and she's saying, look, look, there's something going on. There's something going on in my legs. This is, there's something happening. And then as they continue to pray for her, then, I mean, everybody in the crowd, they're there. Now, there comes a point in this video where she starts rocking. She starts rocking in her wheelchair. She's rocking, and you'll see it. She starts rocking and rocking and rocking. And then she stands up. And when she, and it's only for a second, she stands up and then she sets back down, falls back down. And she said that, she said that when she did that, I mean, when you see it in the crowd, when you watch it on your own, the crowd just goes, <gasps> I mean, I was watching this for the first time and I'm crying sitting there like I'm just watching a miracle. My, I'm just watching this and see she's, and you, the whole crowd is just watching it. And then by the time you're finished with the clip, she gets up and she's walking. All she has is hip function. You know what I mean? Hip, she's moving, she's walking, she has no leg function, she only has hip function. And they're holding her. She can't bear her own weight yet. And they're holding her, and she's slinging her hips, and she's moving her legs as they are holding her up. And then the evangelist says, can you bend your legs? Can you bend your legs? Can you do this? Can you do this? And he's standing in front of her, and then she looks at him, and she goes, and she starts taking these huge steps, bending her legs, and they're still holding her. And she walks, I mean, she's just walking around the building. Like, now, how many of you believe <clears throat> already you've seen a miracle when you've seen that? Do you know in the comments, one guy said she was faking. One person said, well, it wasn't really a miracle because she's not walking. Yeah, exactly. And then another person said, well, she was actually faking it. That's quite, that's quite a commitment to a phony, isn't it? To fake it for 22 years. If you want to move, I'm like at four minutes now, but if you move this, if you just move your little red dot, see, it's just, she's, now if you move it to around seven minutes, she's up and she's not bending her legs. She's barely bending her legs. She's just, it looks like, I mean, it looks like a calf trying to walk. You know what I mean? It looks like a baby. When you're trying to teach a baby to walk, that's what it looks like. And she's still going. I mean, people are jumping, and then you keep going a little bit more. And I mean, she's, and she's still participating in this. She's still going. And she's moving. And her legs, now, oh, that one right there. I love that one. She's high-stepping. She's like, she's doing this. I mean, isn't that great? I mean, now, you're, and then if you, if you continue to search this story, if you go to the next one, now, if you'll get out of that real quick. This is a one-minute clip. I love her explanation. Now, she comes back to this church, and she walks in, and she's doing this. She's, she's gone through rehab. She left there after this healing. She gets into rehab because she has some work to do on her muscles, doesn't she? 
And so she gets built back up. She comes back, and she's the one standing on the stage fully, you know, no wheelchair, nothing, and she's preaching. You think that these people are not? Now everybody in the room has what? A context for miracles. Now, don't you think once you have a context for a miracle, it is easier for you to lay hold of a you, You're getting pers- your persuasion needle is beginning to move. Now, I'm going to pull up this one. It's a minute video, and I'm just going to let you listen to this on my phone. Just I want you to hear what she said. This is on James Robin. Oh, don't do that. We're fixing to finish. You don't have to worry about this anymore, whoever's back there. Okay. I'm going to, I just want, I'm going to, hold on. Here we go. In that moment, when he would say, let faith arise in this woman of God, I immediately went to the 12th chapter of Hebrews, where it says, I am the author and finisher of your faith. So it was no longer, no, no longer that I don't have any more faith. And the reason why the, I'm not healed or the manifestation of healing is not occurring is because I don't have faith. If he is the author and finisher of my faith, mm-hmm. it's going to take him to do this because he writes it out. Mm-hmm. And so immediately I just started to think, I started in my spirit, I was like, Father, it's not Delia who is going to rise from this wheelchair. It is the it is the I am. I am healed. I am whole. I am that I am. I am the author and finisher of your faith. And I immediately began to to take that on that that persona of the that. I that am. Persona where the I am would rise within me. And little did I know I would rock the I am back and forth, back and forth and rock that I am. I am healed. I am whole. I am what God says that I am. And immediately I just rocked myself out of that wheelchair and then fell. But in that moment, after 22 and a half years, I rose from that chair for a second. That's the power of God. See, I rose from that wheelchair for a second. I loved how she said that, that she said it wasn't based on what she was able to do. Not of works, least any man should boast. It was based solely on Whose faith? Who? His faith, the faith of the Father, the faith of Christ, the faith of the finished work. See, I think that's where so often, <clears throat> that's something the Lord's been teaching me. Is I've been praying, God, I want to understand faith. I want to understand it. And the Lord has shown me that when the children of Israel came out of Egyptian bondage, God in his foreknowledge, in his sovereignty, did he believe that, did he know, I'll say it that way, did he know that their first attempt after a year, that they, they built the tabernacle, the whole nine, they had, it took a while to get all the, the admin in place, if you will. They brought the, the 12 spies, went into the promised land. Did Yahweh, did God know that they were not going to enter in. So I asked the Lord this question. Why did you bother with all the stuff 
why did you bother at Mara with healing the waters? You knew they were not going to go in. Why did you give them manna? Because you knew that they were not going to go in. Why did you bother manifesting yourself on Sinai? You knew they weren't going to go in. Why did you bother to give them the pattern for the tabernacle? Why did you bother to bring the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night? Why did you bring in quail? Why? Why did you even bother when you knew they weren't going to go in? That's why I was asking this. And he said, because my faith is based on my ability, on my performance, not theirs. Because I am a God, that's what he told me, in my office, I am a God of faith. And I will, even in the midst of your faithlessness, i.e. disobedience, unbelief, all the things they manifested in the wilderness. He said, even when you are faithless, I remain committed to who I am. I cannot deny myself. And he repeated to me a thing that he told me when I was trying to understand the contradiction in my head between the love of God and the wrath of God. I was at my house and I was like, Lord, I don't understand how to put these two together. And the Lord told me, he said, the reason you don't understand is you are full of contradiction. He said, there is no contradiction in me. Because I have all of these contexts by which that's good and that's bad and that's love and that's... Because I'm a... Per How many of you say, yeah, I'm a person of contradiction? He is not. And so he remains faithful because his faith do you ever think about God having faith I don't see I don't think people do I didn't I started reading and the Holy Spirit started bringing me to different works where it was repetitive over and over and over again where it would call God a God of faith I've always thought that meant God's a God of my faith God's a God of my faith you know like why does he have faith he don't need any faith he's got everything He's got everything but me. He's got everything but maybe your children. He's got everything but your whole heart. He's got everything but your healing. He's got everything but your belief. He's got, and so, and he lives within that context of his faith. And then his faith was finished. How? In the cross. When Christ said to Telestai, it is finished. And so what God believes about you can only be seen in Christ. He will always respond to you by what he believes about you. And what does he believe about you? Whatever's in Christ is what he believes about you. The problem is we don't have context for that. Because what we do is go, yeah, that can't be because I look at everything I have. And so then I start trying to bring elements of 
systems that I have to put in place in order to qualify me for that. Because we feel like we have to work for something. Because of our contradiction. Because of the, con and this is something that the Lord is teaching me. I could not, I didn't have a, if you'd have told me God's a God of faith. Yeah, he's a, he's a God of my faith. But then I started asking myself the question, God, what do you believe about me? And he started answering me things like, whatever's in Christ. Well, that's a horse of another color. You know what I'm talking about? That changes everything. And he's like, you think? That's how I can provide for you, even though you are not worthy of the provision, a.k.a. Mara, manna, quail, healing, whatever it may be. So then, but what the faith is, is the faith is the target of Christ. Now, you know what? I know this to be true. God will heal anybody, sinner and saved alike. I've seen it. But you know what? A person who they are in a life of sin and they get healed, if there is no transformation in their inner space, in their inner, you know, you go right back. They just go right back, right back. So there's a healing that God wants to do in the body of Christ. And I think it's a healing with regard to our perspective. And so, did you have a, you wanted to comment, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And think about what you had to do. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. Oh, you mean they don't have all the flaws and the, the mess-ups and the hang-ups that actually happen. Like, you know, where it says that Sarah believed was, you know, she just counted him faithful, but we, don't, we left out the part. You know, we, well, right, well, we, we, what we miss out on is maybe that she did ultimately believe that God, but she, but there's, well, Right, but the, the reality is is that she also sent um, Hagar into, you know, but we've missed, we, we, we kind of collapse the whole story because we look at it through the lens of, you know, looking at it through the finished product of the faith. And so what I want to talk to you today about, I wanted to show you that because I wanted, like I said, I wanted to create a context. I wanted to create a context for a dimension and a realm Yes, you have something? Yep. Who's behind there? Okay, come out, Liz. I'm just like, I'm like it's like a rat behind me. I'm just constantly, I'm like, what is that noise? It's just like, just, you'll hear it. It's like, yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't take it. I'm like, what's going on back there? What's going on? Sorry, Andy. Yeah. good well and that's that's funny that you said that now Michael tell you this 
How many years ago was it that your sister sent a prophecy to us? We were in Mexico about three years ago. And that's, now it's just, now his, his little sister, you have to, she's our first convert, right? She was 14 when, when he got saved, and so that's what, you know. And she came to our house, and man, we, every night, I mean, she was like, there's the knock on the door. We're like ready to go to bed. And that's Christy. And so, right, we did. We just kept talking to her and letter of the Lord. Well, now Christy is missionary, right? All over the place. Kenya. Yeah, anywhere, anywhere. She works in sex trafficking in, in Atlanta. And we were in, we were in um, wherever we were at, Puebla. And she, she said, okay, she texted Mike. She said, I've been up for night after night after night after night. She said, this is what's been going on. Every night the Lord has me up, and he's praying for you and Andrea. And here, and she just starts, she gives us this down, I mean, it's a message. And as she's reading that, and that's exactly what she said. She said, there is knowledge that has not been released. Yes. Yes. That's what, that's what she was saying. Mm-hmm. That's Of faith that's from the spirit Mm-hmm. See, I, I believe I believe that what what he's talking about there is that, you know this may sound really kooky to you. It sounds kooky to me sometimes. That it seems like it's a that we enter into a place. I'm gonna call it the in him dimension. The in him dimension. Now. Now, because you have to say, now, that woman who got healed, we can see that with her eyes, and we see it in the physical dimension, right? You, all saw, you can see it in the physical dimension. There's the physical reality. How many of you believe there's also another reality that's come over that reality that you can't see? But what you're seeing is the manifestation of another reality, right? That's the only way you can say, how does a miracle, what is the anatomy of a miracle? I believe it is in the in him dimension that when we, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so when we begin to look at this in our mind, we have to understand that all things are presently, presently accomplished in Christ. Do y'all believe that? I'll give you scripture. 
Let's go to Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. We're going to read Ephesians 1, 3. Now, this is so important. If we're going to live the... How many of you believe that God has more victory for you than you're currently experiencing in your life? Then what you have just said is, I believe there's another dimension. That's what you've actually just said. So here, let's just read it in Ephesians 1 and 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Messiah. Okay, now let's read 20. This power he exercised in Messiah when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heaven. Right hand is the seat of authority. He is far above any ruler, authority, power, leader, and every name that is named, not only in the the world that's here, but also in the world to come. There's some Hebrew there that I would not even attempt. Deborah could do it for me. God placed all things under Messiah's feet and appointed him as head over all things for his community. Who's the community of Messiah? That's you. That'd be you. So he's appointed him head over all things. And who has he released that appointment to? That's, that's you. That, that's, what, that's what it says here. He, which is his body, the fullness. What's the church called? Well, I just read it right here. And what is it also called? I'm just from the scripture. I'm just wanting you to pull it out of the scripture. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. What is it called? Which is his body, another name for his body. See, you, you don't have a context for it. No, it's just right here in the scripture. I just read the fullness. Which is his body, a.k.a. the fullness of him. Wait just a second, not yet. Okay, which is his body. His body. Which is also called the fullness of him. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Of the Godhead, one translation, I think it's amplified, says the body. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead in human form. And you are complete in him. Now, I think for a long time in the world, we have viewed ourselves through an individualistic lens of my personal destiny. You know what I'm talking about? And while you all do have a personal destiny, I do not discredit that whatsoever. But you will not achieve the degree of your personal destiny until you also have a category for connection to a local body. Because you might be a splendid thumb. I mean, you are talented as a thumb. But when that hand, if you're not connected to a hand, you are a worthless thumb. And if that hand is not connected to a forearm, <clears throat> it is a worthless hand. And if that forearm is not connected to a bicep, this part of the arm, now you see my anatomy is failing here. I don't know what these things are called. This part of your upper arm, 
And then if that's not connected, it's got to be, you know, it's all got to be, anything that's cut off in isolation is thereby dead. It is ineffective. The Lord told me several weeks, months ago now, he said, Andrea, you're not going to board community, Greenville, community, board community until you land unity. You know, you got a got a plane circling the airport. Let's say it's empty. And you're waiting in the terminal. All these people are waiting in the terminal. And they got a ticket and they want to get on the plane. <clears throat> what has to happen before they can get on that plane? You got to land that sucker. And that's where we're at in the church. We've got, to, uh, we've got to abandon the philosophy, the ethos of personal destiny. And you've got to get connected to the body. Your personal destiny is in connection. Period. Now, 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 now. Oh, that's fullness. His body, the fullness. The fullness. Now, that's a pretty big word to use there. Now, if I were the devil, how many of you like to think like your enemy to figure out what he might do? If I were the devil, I would definitely separate people from church. I would hurt people in church. I would give them such devastation. I would deform their thinking with regard to the body of Christ. I would keep them in little family house churches. I would separate them with doctrine. I would separate them in every type of mentality possible. I would put them and pit them against each other. So what then have I effectively created? I would isolate people. I would make them weirdos. I would make people so weird that no one but other weirdos would want to attach to them. I would make them, I would make them feel insecure about themselves. I would do all kinds of things. I would make them scared to death to talk to the person beside them because of their deformity. I would keep them from ever connecting to another person, and thereby I would completely cut them off from their personal destiny and from their effectiveness, and they will never discover the fullness of the Godhead bodily. They will never discover the fullness of the church. They will never discover how powerful the church is because they will be dissected members living in isolation for their own self-gratification. And then I will program them in this personal destiny, narcissism. I will make them believe that as an individual member, they can somehow rise up in disconnection and believe that they can do something powerful. This would be a time for a ha, 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 ha. Part of it, absolutely. That's just, I think, just a, that was just a polishing off blow. I mean, you couldn't, have, you couldn't have used COVID to separate and isolate people if they weren't already prone to it. See what I'm saying? Ah, oh, but I believe. I know. I don't, I don't just believe it. I, I don't care what anybody else says. I believe the way God believes. And he said 
that he will have a church. It won't be this disenfranchised bunch of weirdos who don't know how to actually live in the world. They don't, no, 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 it won't be that church. It's going to be a church, an ecclesia. Ecclesia is a governing body. Governing. It is a word of govern. Ecclesia. It's a governmental word. Like what? It might be a word that you might think of like senate, city council. What are some other words like that? House of Representatives. You know, it's a governing body that when they come together in a role, a senator goes to Walmart and buys toilet paper and toothpaste. But he doesn't do anything powerfully while by. He's just normal, right? Her or she. They're just a normal person. But when they walk into their Senate seat, they are not there to buy toilet paper and toothpaste. They are there to do what they're supposed to do under their voted-in administration and fulfill a legislative role to accomplish a certain task. Am I right or am I wrong? How many of you want a senator voted in that won't show up to work? All he wants to do is go to Walmart and buy toilet paper and toothpaste. We've seen that play. (laughs) Or all they want to do is go get them another woman. You know what I'm talking about? Because they don't know. See, we act like it's terrible in the church. It happens in all walks of society. But we have, when we come together in the in him dimension, Jesus said, Peter, who do you say I am? Who do men say I am? We know more about Jesus through who somebody else has told us in our own revelation. Who do men say I am? Well, some people say you're a prophet. Okay. And they say you're this. And they say you're John the Baptist, risen from the dead. They say you're my grandmother's great uncle. I mean, I don't know. You know, they may say anything. Who do you say? What is your personal affiliation with who I am? What do you say? I mean, that's something the Lord's been asking me. Andrea, I don't care what they say. What do you say? What do you say? Belinda, what do you say? He said, well, you're the Christ. You're the the son of the living God. He went, hmm, you said good he said but you didn't say this by any natural thing see there's a realm he's talking about one realm flesh and blood did not reveal this to you how many believe that's a realm that's a a dimension of flesh and blood he said but this has been revealed to you by my by the spirit right another realm here's a fact for you you can g- not outpace revelation. You can't do it. The kingdom of God moves by revelation. When the Lord wants me to step into a new understanding, I mean, I'm telling you guys, I've got questions. I've got, Mike said just the other day, you said just yesterday, came to prayer, and how long have you been asking the Lord a question? You told me three years, right? A question. 715 prayer. He's walking behind me praying. I know y'all are all already blown away that I was at 714 prayer. Okay, so he was, he was there, and he, I was blown away too. He was there. I got up at 415 is the reason I was there. So he's walking. He's walking back there, and he's praying. 
And I heard him praying back there. He went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's what you said, didn't it? And he told me afterward, he said, I have been asking the Lord a question for three years. And he just, revelation, answered it just like that. And the reason, it's time, the reason he answered it was not because he had to just posture himself just right and, you know, hold his leg just right and say the, it wasn't like, oh, the prayer meter, he, okay, there it is, the 50,000th word in prayer, ding, 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 answer him, boys. Yeah, (laughs) Tim just said, Jesus, show him the prize. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit's going, and you have this new revelation. That wasn't what it was, a new car, whatever. It was revelation was deposited in you. But see, here's the reality. Revelation always precedes a new pathway. See, Habakkuk. Write the vision, Revelation, write the vision and make it what? Plain. I love when God just drops something like that. He's had, this, he's had this fog of not understanding. It's not that he's not a smart man. It, just wasn't, it was hidden, wasn't it, Mike? You didn't, have, you didn't have all the other components in place. And part of it wasn't a time for that, was it? But it was the time, what it was the time for three years ago was the question. So the Lord's like, ask this question. Okay, three years later. Ah, oh, here, now's the time for the answer. He's got you prepared, but I believe also he's got the earth prepared, the body. And so write the vision and make it plain that those who read it, receive it, may do what? Run with it. That's one thing I've told the Lord. I told when my knee was constantly giving me trouble, I tell the Lord every day, God, I'm a runner. I'm a runner. This is not the knee of a runner. I'm a runner. I'm a runner. I wasn't meaning that I'm a runner. I don't, you know, I don't run. But somehow in all that, Mike started running. I think I started anointing in the house. It did. I mean, he's never ran. I'm walking through the house going, God, my knee is healed because I'm a runner. I'm a runner. I'm a person of revelation. I'm a runner. Those who read it, God, you've given me revelation. If you've given me revelation, you've created me to run. And this knee is not wanting me to run. So then Mike started running. I was like, wow, something happened on him. I'm more of a walker, but... Yeah, I'm a, I'm a run. So what I'm saying is that they, revelation, your, your journey, your progression cannot outpace revelation. It can't. You run as revelation comes, and you begin to move in that direction. And I believe with all of my heart that there is a, uh, what is it, a timing of the Spirit of God. I believe it is the time that we are going to start operating in the in him realm. Not everybody will. I don't care. I want you to, don't get me wrong, but I'm not going to be held back by any other vision. 
Yes. Okay, good. What was your sickness? Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there has to be health, obviously. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, go. So you've talked. Mm -hmm. Right. So you talked and the Lord touched them. Mm -hmm. So in that in that moment you were healed. Did, were you prayed for? Someone pray for you? So you were prayed for and he, did healing manifest immediately or did it happen progressively? Mm-hmm. Four months, okay. But clearly it was miraculous in that it was a progressive, but it had a moment. It had a moment of origin, right? It had a moment of origin. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's heard some similar things like that. That is great. And we believe that. Now we understand that. We... I want us to stop looking at the miraculous as something that happens 11 years ago over here in an island and then uh, over here on another island and over here on another island. And somehow there's just in between all of these things that are happening, it's just like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I want us as the body of Christ to actually believe that these are not isolated incidents where things just happen because somehow in the sovereignty of God, you won the healing lottery. That, that we see that there is a dimension whereby we 
can operate in the unseen realm. Now, this just seems crazy to me, even when I say it. I understand that. Now, about 2016, the Lord started speaking to me about this one. Th I have looked up, so I've told you all this, so many videos on this. So stinking many videos. And I, I've, I've told you before, too, when I don't understand something, I tend to cry. It's just a response. I, I hate not, and I, would, and I would just sit there, and tears would start to well up in my eyes. I would watch these videos because I didn't understand it. I would look up videos on quantum physics. I'm like, Lord, why do you want me to understand quantum physics? And it would just be like, and I told, I told Jacob because he can understand anything. So we would watch quantum physics videos, and he would try to explain it to me. I watched videos on quantum physics for dummies. <laughs> you got the book. And then all of a sudden, this is 2016, I start this. And every now and then I'll just go back and think, maybe I've got some grass. Now all of a sudden I start hearing all, I, I listen to preachers. You know what I constantly hear all the time? Quantum physics. Quantum physics. They keep talking about quantum in the quantum realm. It's, a, it's a, the realm of subatomic particles and all of these things. It is so, it's, it's not even seen with the human eye. And I'm sitting here thinking about this. And then one thing I have picked up, I have no idea if this is even smart or not. Maybe Andy understands it better than me. Well, this is one thing I have found out, that a particle can get entangled with another particle. Now, whatever you may believe about that, this is how I have to, see, because I'm like, what is the realm of the spirit? And I'm not saying it's the quantum realm, mind you, I'm not saying that. But I wonder how things happen. How does a woman who's been in a wheelchair for 22 years, how does she stand up? Is anybody like me, you like want to know the mechanics of it? Are you like okay with like, I don't know how it happened, just happened, that's cool, great. And, I, and that's okay too, but then I'm like, what happened? What was happening? I just want to know what was happening. Yes. Yes. That's it right there. That's what's going on. And it's when I can feel like I can, t I can tangibly grab that, then I'm there going, you know what I mean? I'm like, I see it. You know, and I don't know how it is. I don't know how the spirit realm works. I don't know. Somehow, in the, I just take it with the like, quantum. The one thing I understand is that I got entangled with the Holy Ghost. Somehow, some particles in me, you know what I'm talking about, got entangled. Some of you think she's lost her freaking mind. Maybe I have. It's a quantum thing. You wouldn't understand. No, that, that some particle in me you know what I'm talking about I just got entangled and a particle when it's entangled two particles are entangled they can move light years away this is quantum and you know what quantum physics is called the most reliable science and you can't even I can't other people say it's really quite simple mm. yeah I mean I just that's what I like to think about I'm like Lord we need a miracle today you know what I mean? I'm like, we need a miracle. If I have something, a context, I'm like, I need a miracle today. I'm not just going to call you up today. I hope you're ready. Are you scared? Don't be scared. Because I didn't say anything about his testimony because he's got, he had a miracle. I need a miracle today. And in that moment, in that moment, then something in faith brought together something in you in something in another realm, and bam. And then it just, your body, 
had no choice but to respond to the new information. Stacy, you know something about that? I mean, Stacy was a woman on disability, right? She took back her check to the Social Security office and said, I don't need this. I'm healed. Uh-huh. You have a context for it. She has a box for miracles. Many of us don't have a box for miracles. And if we do, we've not figured out how to get the lid off. <laughs> you have a miracle box. I'm just like, how many of you ever tried to open a can without a can opener? You can do it. It is not pretty. <laughs> As we look at this, I mean, I just want to run through this really quickly. Everything is in our account already. Ephesians 2 and 20 through 23 says this. These are not unfamiliar scriptures to you. They just have new life. In, I'm in Galatians. Why did I get to Galatians so fast? Did I say that? Did I tell you I'll do that? I don't know. Hey. Okay, Ephesians 2 and 20. I just want to read this really quick. You have been built, no. Oh, it's 1. Never mind, 2, 6. That was, I was still in chapter 1. Hey, you know. Hey, now you have no excuse. God can use a dummy like me. He can use you. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 2, 6, and he raised us. We got any us's in here? He raised us up with him. How many understand the, the preposition with? With him, and he raised us up with him, and seated us with him. Where's he seated at? And what is the reference to right hand? Mm -hmm. in the heavenly places in Messiah Yeshua he raised us up with him so this is what this means you have a lot of things in your account you do how many of you believe you have a lot of things in your account the problem is you don't have them in your possession I mean if you go to the bank right now I could have a million dollars in my account at Bank of America and I prophesy that by faith Right? Might as well. You know, I could do some good. I prophesy that. So I could have a million dollars in my account at Bank of America, right? But what good will it do me if I don't have a check or a debit card? And in order for me to go get that, to have to have some access to it, right? I got to go to that card, that machine. I got to put that card in, and it, it qualifies me. Yep, you have access. How much you want? Oh. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
Was it yours? Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, Frost. That's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You weren't. That wasn't. That wasn't real, right? But it wasn't yours. If you would have spent it, they would have come back after it. And you would have said, finders, keepers, losers, weepers. Okay, payroll page was. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so if what she's saying is she's trying to tell me if you get a million dollars in your account, Andrew, it's probably not yours unless you know where it came from. <laughs> I, I'm smart enough to hear what she's saying here. <laughs> she's saying, Andrew, I don't want to visit you in jail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, that's well. That's true. That might be some truth to that. So, but we all. The point being is that in Christ, there is in Christ you have a lot. The problem is is that you you have not learned how to make a withdrawal and put it into your possession, and that is ultimately what the Christian life is about. Is how we. Through revelation, discipleship, coming under the governance of the Holy Spirit, aligning ourselves with his strategies, his means. And also, here's the main one, his mission. His mission. So much of our vision is, like I said, personal destiny and not his vision. It's about coming together corporate, corporately and... and um, Corporately, that's the word, I guess. I was looking for another. Cooperative. Cooperatively. And being about what he's about. It's not enough to say you have everything. Do you all believe that? It's not enough to say you have everything. I must be able to display it. Because that's where I think a lot of the faith movement has failed us. You know what I mean? Just saying... Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. There's, there's more to it than just saying it. There's a matter of being able to display it. And you cannot display simply because you say. You display because you, it's just, it's a knowing, but it is also a full-on I'm going to give you the word, the key ingredient. I have looked through the Bible for years and years and years. And it is about you surrendering all you are to Christ. That includes your ambitions, your dreams, your hopes, your desires. You are not... An individual who has a personal destiny. You are an individual who is designed to attach locally and corporately 
to a body of believers wherein you will find the fullness there. The fullness of him. The fullness of him. What's important to me, Belinda, is what's important to you. What's important to you? What's important to you? Is anybody going to say, what's, ask me what's important to me? Thank you. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yes. Yes. So good. Such a good word. We have to end on that. I want that to be. I want, that's right. I want that to be something that begins to germinate in you. If you're a Lone Ranger isolationist, you're not going to make it. I'm sorry. I don't want, I'm not trying to be scary or I'm not trying, but if you, if you don't know how to connect and you're no more connected corporately to the Catholic church, and I say Catholic universal church, to the, that's the word, that's what Catholic means, by the way, is universal. You're no more connected to the universal church at large. Shall I go ahead and finish the rest of it? No more connected to the universal church at large as you are connected locally. That's where you manifest it. See, the other is, is, see, the other, that's what we like to do. We like to keep things in theory. See, it's just theory, isn't it? It's theory there. I don't actually have to display it. But when it comes down to the display, then all of a sudden the theories, see, you can't, it's not enough just to say that you have it. It's not enough just to declare it. You've got to be able to display it. And that's where the practical comes in. So I bless you with that. Because we have the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and we are complete in him. But he exercises it through a local church. He commands his blessing, the Bible says, in the place where, who can finish it for me? The brethren dwell together in unity. That's Psalm 133. We're going to, God's fixing to do some things on this earth. I'm, I'm just telling you. But you've got to get in his system. And he's already said what wouldn't, the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against. And it wasn't an individual. It was a church who know the governmental structure of what they're called to do. Lord bless you. We're late. Run!